for you being with us and your thoughts being with us as well. Again, that's Joshua chapter 6, and we're looking at verses 1 through 5. And the word of the Lord says there in Joshua 6 and 1, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people, somebody say all, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. For I thought this morning, we're looking at verse 5, it says, When you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. Our thought for this morning is lift every voice. Somebody say that with me. Say lift every voice. And my question that I have for us to consider during this is, what if we all did it together? What if we all worked together? What if we all prayed together? What if we all climbed together? What if we all celebrated each other together? What if we did it together? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this moment, for your word. Lord, allow our hearts and our minds and spirits to be open and subject to what you have to say to us on today. Allow your word to penetrate our heart, Lord, to illuminate the path of destiny that you have for each and every one of us. Lord, to show us the way that you would have us to go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What if we did it together? My thought came from what we did and kind of what we talked about on the other week. On my left side, do you remember which people you were? You had oil, but no pots. And my people on the right side, you had pots, but no oil. So what I began to appreciate is that during the struggle for those who were part of the civil rights struggle, for those who had to go through what, how society had us in a disadvantaged situation and place. It's what I found out and learned is that people who didn't have it by themselves learned that they could accomplish more together. They would come together. I, don't, I might have milk, but you have cereal. So, so why don't we come? Come on here. Come together. You, you have pancakes, but you have syrup. So why don't we come together? I heard one comedian say, say, you have ham and you have burger. <laughs> so, so why don't we come together? The, the, the interesting thing here is that in that context, context, it's not necessary for one person to have everything. But rather, they find that if they work together, they can all have what they need. As it relates to our text, 
I began to appreciate that it's not that Israel did not have what it needed, but it's God was telling them, you can have more if you do it together. You, you want something miraculous to happen in your life, but that means you need to participate in what God is trying to collectively do for us together. He wants you to play your role and play your part. Now, in the text here, that God is talking to Joshua, and he's delineating what needs to happen in what seemed to be insurmountable circumstances. The wall at Jericho was, was, was substantial. The wall at Jericho was tall. The wall at Jericho was strong. The wall at Jericho, some say, was so, so wide that they could ride chariots over the top of the wall. That's how substantial and thick the wall was at Jericho. It was a great obstacle. And when I talk about the wall of Jericho, I want you to consider what is the great obstacle in my life? What is the great obstacle that is before me right now in my life? It's likely you're going to have more than one. You live long enough. You're going to have more than one great obstacle. But, 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 but for right now, somebody say right now. <laughs> For right now, what is the great obstacle that I need to overcome in my life? So when we think about the wall and, and, and we reference the wall, I want you to take it personally and think personally in my life right now. What is the great obstacle that seems like it's insurmountable? It's too tall for me to climb. It's too, it's too wide for me to go around. It's, it's too thick for me seemingly to break through. And what, I've what I often tell people is when you see or when you find or when you encounter the insurmountable obstacle, God is sending you a message. The great wall is just God sending me a message. Jericho to the children of Israel was God sending them a message. And you know what the message is because it's in your inbox and you haven't opened it yet. And the inbox message says, you can't do this by yourself. That's what God is saying. God, God is saying you can't do this by yourself. The, the, the insurmountable obstacle is to you. It's not an indication, and I need you to get this, it's not an indication that you need to quit. It's not a signal that you need to give up. But what this, this, this obstacle is, is maybe God is telling me I need him. Maybe it's God telling me I need to pray a little bit harder. The man who had a child that was struck with demons, he went and he went to the disciples and, and he went to the disciples to see if he could get deliverance and he could not find deliverance amongst all the 12 disciples. But then came Jesus and he said, what is this fracas? What is this going on? And Jesus stepped up and delivered the child from, from the demon and the disciples had questions. The question was, why could we not deliver this one. And Jesus said, this one comes only by prayer and fasting. He's saying, I'm not saying you can't do it. What I'm saying is that you might need a little help. You might need to pray a little bit harder on this one. So maybe God is not, and God never does. God is not inviting you to quit. God's inviting you to pray harder. God is inviting you, and this is what the old saints used to sing to me. He's inviting you to lean a little harder 
on him. Songwriter said, I'm learning to lean. I'm learning to lean. I'm learning. That means I'm hard-headed. Come on, y'all. Let's, let's be real with ourselves. Sometimes we're hard-headed. It's because we, we feel like we can do things by ourselves. I've accomplished this much, and I believe that I can do what is next by myself. But I came to tell you God's next. Somebody say God's next. God's next requires more help from him. Now, some of us, the problem is, notice I labeled it God's next because some of us have our own next. There is a way that seems right in a man. The ends whereof are the ways of death. Some of us have our own plan and our own pathway. And our pathway, get this, does not require God. The reason our pathway does not require God is because we tried to figure out the next step by ourselves. And in figuring out the next step, you know what you do? You base your next step on your own limitations. This is what, and I know you've said it, I know you've said it, this is what I know I can do. So your measurement for your next step was based on your own stride. I know I can walk this far. I know I can step this far. If I stretch it out, maybe I can hop and leap a little bit further. So my next step is based on my stride. It's based on what I see. It's based on what I know I can do by myself. But God wants you to start here and wind up over there. But you're saying I can't do that because I can't see it. I cannot imagine me getting from here to there on my own. And God is saying, hello. That's the point I'm trying to make. You can't get from where I'm taking you from where you are by yourself. You're going to need me on this. And I came to, I hope that it is a, a word of assurance to somebody because you see a step too far ahead. And God is just saying, no, you can't do it by yourself. You're going to need me on this one. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, God says, you're going to need me on this one. That's all he's saying. That's all he's saying. You're going to need me on this one. It's too far. Yes, it's too far by yourself. You're going to need me on this one. It's too hard. It's too difficult. God's saying yes. You're going to need me on this one. I, I, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. God said yes, I know. You're going to need me on this one. When I tell you what God has for you, God's, what he sees for you requires him being there. And because God, does, I, I tell you all the time, God didn't say it won't be difficult. God didn't say it won't be hard. But God said, I'll be with you. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be with you. I'm with you to protect you. But the main cause of why I'm there is because you cannot get there by yourself. 
And somebody right now, and this is where desperation and depression seeks in, it's when you find yourself in a place that you think you can't get out of, and you feel you're trapped there, and you are trapped if you don't accept God's help. That, 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 that's when frustration sets in. I'm, I'm here, and I'm always going to be right here. But with God's help, somebody say, all things. All things are possible. All things are possible. We talk about people from the Bible, so I'm going to go from the Bible to something that just happened. We talk about, and, and you can laugh at me, but Abram, Abram and Sarah, when they were in their 70s and 80s, God was relaying word to them. You're going to bring forth a son. Aaron said, uh, it's actually Abram at the time. Abram says something that I, I kind of felt was an insult related to his wife. He said, God, why now? My wife is stricken with age. Like, stricken? I mean, this, like God, like somebody beat her with a stick called age. <laughs> stricken with age. That's what it says in the King James Version. It says, why now when she's stricken with age? But God's saying, I'm letting you know that all things are possible. I don't care if you're 80 or if you're 90, if I said it. Somebody say, if God said it. God, if God said it. We're in our jurisdictional meeting yesterday, and Bishop Maynard made a very good point, and he was talking about our state mother who has risen to a, a high position in the church, and she's 90 years old. And that he, Bishop himself, who he's been pastoring since he was like 19 years old, and he had thought and desired to rise to a certain level in the church to be part of our presidium, our, the, our, our 12 apostles of our church. And he, he had been denied, and all of a sudden, he was elected just this past month, and he's 80 years old. Some, some, there, was some, there had to be a time where he thought that his dream had been deferred so long that it had been denied. But even at that age, somebody says, when God says, when God says it, it it's not, somebody point at your neighbor and say, it's not too late. It's, it's not, it's not too late. It's not. Oh, I want you to get that in your spirit. It's not too late. Somebody thinks you've wasted your chance, but God said it's not too late. Somebody said at this age, it cannot happen for me, but God said it's not too late. Oh, you, some of you may know, know the artist. The artist, I, I think I mentioned it before, Grandma Moses. She was famous for her painting. She didn't start painting until she was in her 80s. It's not too late. And if you get that in your spirit and understand that the, the place that I'm looking, I can't reach it by myself. My legs are not long enough. But God is sending me a message. See, God doesn't tease you with something that he can't get you to. He won't tease you with something. I'm happy right now by myself. He won't tease you and show you something that he can't get you to. Why, God, are you continuing to show me something that I can't reach by myself? God said I'm sending you a message. You can get there. 
but you're going to need my help. You're going to need my help. So such was the thoughts and the mindset of the children of Israel here when we encounter them in Joshua chapter 6. They see the insurmountable obstacle. You remember they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness because the spies had seen Jericho a long time ago. And they said, no, no, we can't, we can't overcome them. We can't get past them. We are not, get this, we are not enough. We saw them and we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. Which is to say, nobody called us grasshoppers. We called ourselves grasshoppers. <laughs> just, just think of the, the mentality of that. I, I'm not enough. I don't need somebody else to tell me I'm not enough. In my mind, I don't believe that I'm enough. And I'm talking to someone here. You don't have to raise your hand, but you often look in the mirror. You wake up and you see yourself. And there are so many dreams that you have had aspirations that you previously had for your life and you look at the circumstances and how life has stricken you and you feel like now I'm not enough nobody has to call me a grasshopper I'm a grasshopper in my own sight and what I need you to understand is that even while you're looking in the mirror and I want you to tell you, when you look in the mirror, I already told you before, your eyes process things slowly. So by the time you see your own reflection, you're already looking in your past. I'm not looking at who I presently am, but by the time my eyes and my brain process the image that I'm looking at in the mirror, that's already my past. And I need to tell somebody to adopt in your spirit and get this, that I'm greater than my past. I, 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 I'm bigger than my past. Let, let me give you the words of our former presiding bishop. I see you in the future. And you look better th than you do right now. In fact, by the time you see me walk across the stage, it's already the past. But, I want y'all to get that. You may see me for what I was. You may see me for what I've done in the past, but my future is greater. The Bible says your ladder shall be greater. There is something ahead of me that is greater than where I have been. Say that with me. Say, say there is something greater ahead of me that is better than where I've been. Oh, I, I wish you would get that in your spirit and say that to yourself in the mirror. Don't, don't say I'm a grasshopper in my own sight, but say that there is something greater ahead of me than where I've ever been. Because that's how God works. Every, somebody told me, Mother June, that every day with Jesus is, is sweeter than the day before. That means... It only gets better. <laughs> it, it, only, it only gets better. And, and, and somebody really gets that in their spirit because you've seen what worse looks like. And depending on what your worst looks like, uh, I wish y'all would talk to me. Better sounds, it's on a scale better to somebody sounds pretty good. But, but better to somebody else sounds amazing because you know where you've been. 
Point at somebody and say, you know where you've been. I don't know where you I don't know where you've been, but but you know where you've been. So you know what worse looks like. And because only you can appreciate what worse looks like, your praise might look a little bit different than mine. <laughs> Y'all not gonna talk to him. Jesus, when the woman came and washed his feet, he said, This woman is pouring out her grief and her sorrow because she knows she owes God so much. Her praise looks different because she knows where she came from. So when you know where you came from, you get excited when you hear that the that greater is coming. I said, You get more excited when you know that greater is coming. Somebody in the children of Israel, they, they had to feel that way because somebody had been there all 40 years. All 40 years we've been wandering in the wilderness. All, all 40 years we've been seemingly going in circles. All 40 years we have been waiting for God's promise. So when they get in Jericho and they hear news that if you do this, and if you do that, and if you do what God said, you're going to reap what God has for you. See, some people, you hadn't had it bad enough. <laughs> if you haven't had it bad enough, you got questions when God is trying to give you instructions. I wish you would talk to me. When you haven't had it bad enough, they start asking, they start passing out assignments, and you start having questions. Well, we're going to have the priest blow the ram horn. And I can hear somebody saying, girl, I can blow the ram horn. Better than they can. I, I was in band in middle school. <laughs> I, I think I can blow it a little louder than the priest can. When you haven't had it bad enough. When you had it, but somebody, somebody out there said, girl, I, I don't walk as good as I used to walk. Well, we walking all six days. You sure we got to walk all six days? Do we have to walk around the whole building? That, no, this is a city, right? We, we got to walk all around the city every day. Come on. You, you, they hadn't had it bad enough. But when, when I'm, but, but when I'm talking about folks, I'm talking about folks who were ready. I was like David said, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. When you've been through enough trouble, you're just waiting on a word from God. Yeah, I'm talking about the dad would say as the heart panteth after the water brook. So panteth my soul after thee, oh God. When you've had it bad enough, you're just crawling and, and waiting. It's like you're in the desert and you're trying to get some water. But I just need a word from the Lord. Ms. Whitfield said, we need a word from the Lord. And see, some of those folks were listening when Joshua was passing out of the assignments. He said, I need the priest to, to, to blow the ram's horn and I, and I need the army to be prepared and we're going to walk around the whole city one time all six days. And, and then he said on the seventh day, when the, when the horn blows, he said, I need all people to shout. I need all people to shout. Somebody say, oh, a lot of times we come in church and we say, everybody clap your hands and you'll have 60, 70%. You say it again, you're going to get lower. You might get 40, 
You keep asking him to get on their nerves. You, might, you can count on one hand how many folks you got. See, you, we can't escape. We want the blessings of God, but there's a word that we can't escape, and the word is obedience. Obedience. You can name it and claim it, nab it and grab it, all them rhyming stuff that you hear about getting your blessing. Baby, you can't get around obedience. It's obedient. He said is he said is the blood of lambs greater than obedience, but obedience is greater than sacrifice. So Joshua, when he says, when he's giving the instructions, he said, I need all people to shout. That means you in the back row need you to shout. I need your children who have a voice. I need them to shout. I need all the members of the army. I need you to shout. Because you know, there's probably some people in the army and I'm going to do the fighting. I don't have to do that. Come on now, y'all. Some of y'all are too great. You got a, you got a position. I'm the captain of the army. I don't have to shout. I'm going to do the fighting. No, no, that's not what the word says. The word said I need all people to shout. And he gave them a promise. He said if you hear the horn, and all people shout. God gave them a guarantee. He said, then the wall will fall down. And don't worry about climbing. It said it's going to fall down flat. <laughs> it's going to fall down, down flat. And that just makes me think, Brother Chuck, that sometimes when God gives us an instruction, everybody doesn't participate. Everybody doesn't do exactly what God says. So then you got some heels. I'm going to call them unnecessary heels. Unnecessary heels. You're trying to climb to get to your blessing because you didn't follow what God said. But he told them, I need all people to shout. That's what they meant in our civil rights movement. We need to lift every voice. Everybody has to participate. Everybody has to pitch in. Everybody might not be able to do the same thing, but everybody can do something. What he was telling the army in our scripture is I need all people to shout. So if I said I need all of you to shout right now, can we get 100% participation? On the count of three, I'm going to say I need, I need to hear all of you shout. Get ready. <clears throat> Clear out your throats. Get that frog out of there. And on three, we're going to all shout. Are you ready? One, two, three. Oh! He said, I needed you all to shout. I need you to do it one more time. I think you can do it better than that. You awake now. So on three, we're going to do it again. I need all of you to shout. On one, two, three. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think I heard some walls falling down. I don't know what the wall is in your life, but because you participated, because you opened your mouth and decided to be obedient, I can hear God saying, the wall that was at your house. 
when you left uh, when you go back home uh, that wall is going to fall down uh, and not only has it fallen down uh, it's going to fall down flat uh, you don't have to step anymore uh, you don't have to climb it anymore uh, but it says the Lord uh, has knocked it down flat uh, and I believe uh, in what God said uh, God said he's going to do it uh, and God is not a man uh, that he will lie nor the son of man uh, that he shall repent uh, but whatever uh, somebody say whatever uh, whatever uh, you ask of the Lord uh, it shall be done uh, somebody say it shall be done uh, come on put those hands together uh, everyone standing on your feet it shall be done uh, it shall be done uh, hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for his word. When they shouted <laughs> and the walls fell down flat, notice they went in and recovered. They, they went in and grabbed the spoils. But they didn't receive anything until after they were obedient. Obedience is the key that unlocks your miracle. Obedience is the key that unlocks what you're waiting for from God. Some of you are like, well, but I did all this and I did all that. But now you're at the lock. God has allowed you to go through all of that. You're at the door, and it has a lock. And the key that unlocks that door is your obedience. You doing what God told you to do. Some of them, they didn't have much to offer. Some of them weren't warriors. Some of them weren't great fighters. But because they were obedient, <laughs> Because they listened to the voice of God. There was no way that wall, I don't want you to think that this was some wall that was on the end of its journey that was about to fall over. This wall had structural integrity. This wall was strong. It was well thought out. It was well built. But it fell down. The, the, the thing that unlocked the wall falling was them listening the voice of God and what God is saying in this story and what he's saying to you there is no wall that is too tall there is no obstacle that is too wide there is no stronghold that can keep you from what God says is yours if God's blessing for you is on the other side of the wall the wall got to come down if what God told you you're going to have in your life is on the other side of the wall, that wall is going to fall down. Because whatever God has promised you, I said whatever God has promised you, it shall be done. It shall be done. Nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing can stand in the way of what God promised but you. You're the only thing that can stop the blessings of God. But nothing else has the power to stop what God has for you. God told him, he said, if you have faith, 
size of a grain of mustard seed. You can speak to yonder's mountain, be thou removed and, and cast in the seed and you shall have that which you ask. And the Bible says, and I love this, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Point at your neighbor and say, nothing is impossible to you. With God, there is nothing that is impossible. I want to tell somebody that the person who looks in the mirror and sees a grasshopper, you're a child of the king. You belong to God. He has promises awaiting you. You're not here without a plan. <laughs> you're not an accident, but you're in God's plan. Somebody said that when we say, I'm in God's plan. I'm in. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to understand, Lord, how does that peace fit in to your plan? But God said, I didn't say you'll understand it. I said you're in my plan. We sing at this church often, we'll understand it better by and by. I don't understand right now. I don't even understand how what I'm going through right now fits into what God says I'm going to have. But it's in his plan. We know that all things work together for them who love the Lord, for them who are called according to his purpose. It's in God's plan. It's not too hard. And his obstacle is just an invitation to lean and depend on me just a little bit more. Come on, put those hands together and give God the praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for your example. We thank you for your stories that come to Give us encouragement, Lord, as to where we are, to let us be reminded that there is no obstacle too great for your plan. There is no obstacle that is too great for the destiny that you have designed for each and every one of us. And Lord, if you said it, we're just going to believe it. And we believe that it is already done in Jesus name. And Lord, we're just going to walk inside that plan with faith, believing that you're going to do exactly what you said you're going to do. And we accept it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching this virtually, we pray that you'll live by faith, trusting and believing in God until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by give a fuck, download the app, on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.